I think I can think of 49 reasons why I'm doing better than you. Oklahoma got on the train and left town. And OSU, I think, kind of got their feelings hurt. What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Oki Longhorn himself. Dalt, as usual, first and foremost tonight, man, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited to get this episode out. We just had some really, really breaking news that's going to benefit both of our teams, and it's just out of, kind of been a little bit of a whirlwind the last hour or so. Yeah, uh, definitely a little bit of news, I would say. Um, just actually just broke, like you said, like in the last hour. That definitely affects me and you as fans. Um, it directly affects our teams. We're definitely going to get into that. Obviously, that's the news of, of OU and Texas. Uh, they are going to make the jump early to the SEC. But, you know, right off the rip, Dalt, not a whole lot to talk about tonight. Um, it's it's just that time of year. Uh, we have, you know, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the the National Signing Day. We've got some coaching hires, some extensions. Um Last week, we got a Big 12 schedule, so we are going to discuss that. Not super in-depth, but we're going to touch on it, obviously. Maybe focus a little bit more on our teams, how how it kind of maybe is going to play out. But I guess we can get right into it. And what's become fairly common, Dalt, Alabama searching for offensive and defensive coordinators. It appears they have found their guys. So Alabama, Dalt, they poached Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Um we touched on this a little bit, but, you know, give me your thought. What what were your initial thoughts on this hire by, by the Crimson Tide? What, what do you think of this hire? You know, it kind of surprised me. Um, I thought that there were bigger fish to be had for Nick Saban. But at the same time, I wouldn't say Tommy Reese is a bad hire, if that makes sense. I think that he's really good, a young mind that's going to kind of keep that – you know, offense that's going to keep you on your toes. You know, the Bill O'Brien offense wasn't exactly flashy by no means. I mean, you go from Lane Kiffin to Steve Sarkeesian and offenses that are pretty high-powered. You know, you get a lot of movement from pre, pre-snap pre movement, things like that. You don't see that a lot with Tommy Reese, but he is a young younger guy who can find ways to move the football down the field than – one would say the NFL style and you know everybody talks about Tommy Reese where he kind of got I would say famous is whenever he's ripping Drew Pine's ass over the headset telling him to do his job and I think that that's a right that that's a good thing that he's going to need he's going to need a coach in there that's going to keep his quarterback room on track of hey don't do too much just do your job Right. And, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on the hire. I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad hire by any means, but I mean, it, it's hard to go wrong um, for him. Obviously he's going to have weapons. Now I do think that Bama has some questions this year that, that they haven't really had recently. Um, obviously they're new, going to be new at quarterback, most important position on the field. Um, but, you know, I, I think 
the Reese hire, I think it's a good hire. He'll be fine. I'm I'm not as much worried about that hire as I am as we move to the other side of the ball. They announced the hiring of Kevin Steele, who he was at Miami, correct? With yes, Mario he was at Miami. And I think I saw he's worked under Saban before, um, but I've seen quite a bit of talk on Twitter. Not real sure the Alabama faithful are super thrilled with this hire. Well, you look at what Miami's success is, and you, he kind of gets looped into Miami's overall success. It's it's controversial, to say the least. You know, we had kind of pegged him going after the co-DC at Georgia, and there were a couple other guys out there that maybe could have got a phone call you know, Manny Diaz at Penn State had a great defense this year. But, I mean, Nick Saban keeping us on our toes, coming out of left field with a right. just out of nowhere hire. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, he, he's an older guy. He's seen it all. But is that going to translate to this right. Alabama team, who right. at times was a little, a little lost on defense? You know, yeah, we I talk mean, about how the offense struggled, but this was a really undisciplined defense this last year, and that's very non-Nick Saban-esque. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of penalties, obviously. Um, but, you know, when I think about coordinators at Alabama, I just don't think that much into it. I know that, you know, a lot of guys have pretty much resurrected their career on both sides of the football there. So, I mean, you're going to have the Jimmys and the Joes. It's just kind of a matter. I, I mean, it, it's really hard to fail there. I mean, you're talking about the number one recruiting class in the country um, pretty much year in, year out. They're in the top two, top three every year. So, like like I said, they've they've got the guys. So, obviously, we this is big news, so we wanted to touch on both of these hires. Um but I'm not. I'm not super concerned. I, as much as I saw several people that didn't like the hire of Kevin Steele, um, I, I'm I'm just not like when when I think about Alabama, I'm sure that they're going to be one of the best teams in the country. Dalt probably one of the be- better defenses, one of the better offense. Like it, it, that that uh, machine will keep on rolling. I, I just have to assume it's it's you know you never. I know. mean, I, I I hope not. Well, right. As a, as a fan of an opposing team, obviously, I hope they crash and burn. I, I hope they're terrible. But the likelihood of that 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 has been hoped for many many years in a row here, and it just doesn't seem to doesn't ever seem to stick, Dalt. But you know, Nick Nick Saban's been retiring for five years. He's just had enough, and he right. just keeps coming back. Yeah. Right. So, moving on, Dalt. Um, this is just you know quick quick little touch here. Florida State. They're extending head coach Mike Norvell. I think a lot of people kind of saw this coming. Uh, he will earn now $8.05 million per year under a new contract that is extended through 2029. So I think, safe to say, the Seminoles feel like they've got their guy down there in Tallahassee. I mean, this is wild to me that now they're all about it when just last year they wanted him gone. Right. Like, yeah. They were ready to fire him at the end of last year. Right. And, and I mean, even this year, they didn't necessarily get off to a stellar start. And then they ripped off, what, five or six in a row to, to end the year. Obviously, they, they win the bowl game over my Sooners down in Florida. 
Um, but you know, 10 win season, obviously it's just what the doctor ordered for Mike Norvell. A lot of people thought, like you said, that, you know, he, he was maybe on the way to an early buyout, you know, a little bit, a little bit of cash, but it looks like they're, uh, they're putting all their eggs in that basket. So, you know, good, good for the Florida buyout State. Just... They, they, they feel like they, I guess they feel like they've got their guy. I, I don't know how much faith I have in Mike Norvell. Like obviously great, great year last year, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think they're going to be definitely a team to watch for uh, in 2023, I, I would say. With their returning production and kind of what they got coming back on both sides of the ball, they bring back Jordan Travis and the monster wide receiver. They right. can make a push. What well, definitely uh, doesn't help them was the hiring of Garrett Riley at Clemson. Right. But right. but at the same time, you're still going to have to go beat Clemson. Yeah. Like at all roads point to beating Clemson. Yeah. and In the ACC. They get the the verse kid back on the defensive line is what that was huge for them. He was projecting like top ten pick I think in the draft. Uh, really good defensive end. Uh, so getting him back for another year. That's obviously obviously things are things are looking up for the Seminoles. But just just wanted to touch on that extension of Mike Norvell and that you know doll. That's kind of all all the coaching news we've got, we're just kind of rolling right along here tonight, but the major news that I want to get into, and we obviously have plenty of thoughts and opinions on this as it's extremely fresh on the brain, just announced, like we said, about an hour or so ago, your Texas Longhorns and my Oklahoma Sooners are officially SEC bound for the year of 2024. Was supposed to be 2025, Everybody thought 2024. Well, then you had the release, what, last week that basically said it's, no, it's going to be 25. But now it looks like they've all, you know, the the dust, the smoke, it's all settled, and they've come to an agreement. Texas and Oklahoma, head of the SEC in 2024. How happy are you? Scale of 1 to 10, Dalt. Oh, I'm, I'm a, it's a 10. I mean, it's 10. we talk about the SEC bias. And all that, but I mean, the reason all these kids were going to the SEC schools and not OU in Texas was because they wanted to play in the SEC. And whenever this was announced, Texas and OU started making that promise. And whenever it come out that it was, you know, potentially going to be 2025, the rumor mill started and a lot of these kids were a little upset that had committed because they were expecting an early out. Like, here we go. And it wasn't so much Texas and OU and the big 12 that had the problem. I think that they come to this agreement last week and Fox wanted their pound of flesh. Right. Because they were going to, they were, yeah, they were going to miss on a couple games. I think that ESPN probably come in and, made things right with Fox to get this move to happen. And I think it's, it's interesting. You bring that up not to cut you off, but I actually just had saw a tweet literally right before we started recording Uh, Pete Thamel. He tweeted that a key part of the deal to let OU and Texas out of the big 12 early was a game flip of a non-conference matchup between Michigan and Texas 
Texas will now visit Michigan in 24 in Ann Arbor, and Michigan will return in Austin in 27. They'd been scheduled opposite, and so the game flip was a key driver for Fox agreeing to this deal to let Oklahoma and Texas out of the Big 12 early. So that's obviously a game that Fox probably has or is going to have with it being a Big 10, Big 12 matchup, I would assume. And so they were probably trying to iron that out to where they could keep that game, even though Texas is going to be, you know, in the SEC. So moving it to Michigan, I assume is kind of what, you know, I don't want to say allowed it, but it looks like that based on what Thamel tweeted, that was, a, a, a like he said, a key part. Well, but yeah, I mean, there's, ton, there's tons of moving parts in this deal that, you know, there's a ton of stuff that we don't even know, obviously. Yeah, that though, and it's not just Texas that has the Big Ten matchups coming up. I know OU has some in their future scheduling, and I think Fox kind of was a little slighted on that because they felt like they knew they weren't going to get Bama Texas this year, but they knew they could put their hat in the ring for OU and Texas in the years to come. So getting that, oh, you know big game because, I mean, Texas going to Ann Arbor is going to be a huge game. I'm sure Big Noon kickoff will be there. Right. More than likely it's going to be Arch Manning's first real road test if Quinn goes to the draft. So it's there's going to be a lot of moving parts in it, to it. So I'm just glad that both sides come to an agreement. I'm extremely happy that both schools knocked a solid $35 million off their buyout. Right. I believe it was slated to be $85 million a apiece. And I think both schools in the Big 12 negotiated it down to $50 million a apiece. Right. And so I've got a – this is a statement from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, The Southeastern Conference learned today of the decision by the Big 12 Conference to alter the membership exit date for the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas we are continuing our preparation for this membership transition, and we look forward to welcoming the conference's new members and moving into our future as a 16-team league. So, things, obviously, you know, and we're, we're fixing to kind of segue into the Big 12 schedule. Really some interesting stuff here, Dalt. Um, this this year, this will be the last time that we play some of these teams that we've played for years and years. I mean, it's basically all we've known our whole lives is Big 12 football, um, you know, with it getting its birth back in, I think, the mid-90s, right? Like early 90s. Um, yep. So, you know, it's it's going to be different. Like, you think about a game, I've seen, obviously, a lot of OSU fun, a lot of OSU fans poking fun at Texas on Twitter. Um you guys obviously fell up, came up short in Stillwater last year, and so who knows when y'all might play Oklahoma State again? Not not that, not that Texas cares. You know, it's just it's kind of yeah, interesting to think about that kind of stuff. Well, uh, and the the bigger one is this will probably be the last Bedlam game for exactly yeah a long time, right? And, I mean, and, OSU is kind of a little scolded by this. Yeah, and I mean, you think about kind of the loss that it is for OSU, they thought that they were going to get that final home game next year, and that's not going to happen. I mean, that the ships literally sailed literally tonight. And so I, I will say with the schedule we're fixing to talk about, my Sooners will possibly maybe never play Kansas State ever again, so that's a win for me. 
<laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> that's obviously, you know, I, I'm not worried about Kansas State. It's just a team that's given us a little bit of trouble over the last few years. But they have been your purple daddy. More, more, yeah. More so than just football, Dolph. This is obviously, it affects all sports. Um, it's a it's a great move for both of our you know respective pr- programs, athletic programs that we we support. But kind of what I was touching on, unless you have more to add on this move being announced early, we finally got. Well, go ahead. Oh, the only the only thing I got is you know we, you just touched on the having all the other sports and stuff. We are both very big baseball fans. Oh, yeah. We played it. You played in college. And then, you know, when the Big 12, you get road series and you travel to Lubbock, Lawrence, West Virginia, um, Manhattan, like, like, yay, we get to go to Waco this weekend. Can't wait. And... and and don't get me wrong, there's some places that aren't cool to go to, like the Stillwaters is a good place to go play with their new stadium. But now you think of, hey, road road series this weekend. We're going to play at and Mississippi hit, State. We're yeah, going we're to down, Vanderbilt. We're, we're heading down to Baton Rouge for a Friday night game, Dalt. That's right. Uh, or that's pretty or exciting. even better for us, even better for us, Friday night game in Fayetteville. Oh yeah, awesome. awesome. I mean that's. I mean, I mean it's just – I mean, that's what I was going to talk about earlier. I mean, this this time of year we got baseball and softball uh, kicking off. We're fixing to get into March Madness. This is probably for me like this is right there with the middle of football season for being my favorite time of year as a sports fan just because I love, obviously, baseball. And then you, you get March Madness, which is maybe the best event in sports, period, uh, coming up in the next, what, month, couple months, month and a half or so. Uh, yeah, it'll be about a month and a half. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's huge for across all sports. Obviously, this is a monumental uh, move for for bo- like I said, for both programs. Um, both both schools are are very successful athletic programs as a whole. It's not just about football. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are they're at the top of you know. 10 or so sports total i mean across the board women's and men's um so yeah it, it it's it's exciting i, I mean I, I don't know how you feel i'm i'm sure it's it's super exciting to me like to to go to those new places like you said like going to a baseball game in Fayetteville or even a football game i mean making some of those trips as a fan like that's it's the best conference in college sports Hundred percent. It's just not up for debate. I mean, so, as, as a whole, as a whole, all sports wrapped together, it's it's the best conference in sports. Now you can everybody's all the Big Twelve fans don't don't get us don't get us twisted. The Big Twelve is the best basketball conference right now. Oh, hundred percent. It's 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 a it's a wagon just trying yeah, to get through it's unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. And, it, and it's not going to get easier adding Houston. Like I know you lose Oklahoma and Texas, but you're adding Houston, right. who is the top two team in the country right now. Yeah. So no slight to that, but the SEC is the most overall just, best conference. And you you're going to look so at much, the money that you're about to make in this conference. Right. 
yeah and there's just so much tradition and the fan bases like game day atmospheres whether it's football or ba- like you said baseball basketball like it's just you know their slogan is it just means more and i know it's a joke that it does all the time but like to a lot of those people that those colleges and those sports that they play that's literally all they have like there's it, that's all they have and a lot of those colleges are not in big cities really for the most part and so i mean that that's that's what they base their lives around is is those schools and those sports that they play and so that that it just means more it's very fitting but don't i I don't want to just beat on that too much i'm sure you have it to kind of segue talking about oklahoma texas leaving the big 12 we finally got the much awaited big 12 schedule um for the 2023 football season and uh you know we, I don't. I don't really want to just go through here and uh, break down. I guess the entire every team's schedule, but uh, you know we we can kind of talk about this. Like you know, right right off the rip. Um, what what do you think of your, of your Longhorns twenty twenty three schedule? How do, how do you feel about it? Between. Our little triangle of friends between me, you, and BP, where we've got OU, OSU, and Texas. Out of those three teams, Texas got the tougher schedule. We still play both Purple Daddies and TCU and Kansas State. How good Kansas or TCU is going to be next year is yet to be seen. We still get Baylor. We go to on the road to Baylor. Um, we get BYU added. We play Houston. I think. I think that. Uh, I think that the team that made out the best is definitely Baylor because I, I want to uh, say they have like eight or nine home games total they have like eight, in their whole eight schedule. Eight home games because their entire out-of-conference is at home. Is at home, yeah. And now it's not a have, very tough out-of-conference. Yeah, they're tough. At, I mean, they have Utah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, they, they, don't, they, go, to, they go to UCF, Cincinnati, then K-State and TCU back-to-back. So, I mean, you know, UCF and, and Cincinnati, those are long trips for Baylor for the most part. But how how good are either of those two teams going to be? Right. Compared to what Dave Aranda is going to have in year three. But getting not trying to get off topic of who got the easier schedule, but I think the Texas I, – I like Texas' schedule. We avoid – I mean, in all reality – and I've made this joke, we leave the state of Texas twice. Right. We go to Iowa State, and we go to Alabama. Everything else is in the state. And yeah. I think that that's, that is a pretty big deal, considering you know what yeah, Texas I mean, no, needs to sure. do next year. So, I mean, not having to leave the state isn't, and isn't awful. Obviously, you know, Oklahoma leaves the state only four times out of 12 games. Um, but the interesting thing for me about Oklahoma's schedule, only play a game in Texas one time. One game in Texas, and that's against Texas at the Cotton Bowl. I, I mean, it's just weird, like, thinking about, OU's not playing Baylor. Like, the only other Texas team we're playing is TCU, and it's at home. Um, not playing Baylor, not playing Tech, 
Like it, it's just it's kind of bizarre. But you know, there's some road trips that I think a lot of Oklahoma fans are excited about. I know I've seen a lot of excitement about you know going to Cincinnati. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of excited about going to Provo, probably BYU, just because of the the you know the atmosphere of that place, the the aesthetic. That's a, you know, that, it's, that's it's a, a late game too, like a November game, isn't it? Yeah, the the Big Twelve got a little bit of a punch to the gut. They they send us to BYU, and then early game on Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, back at home against TCU, but. I think we both agree TCU is probably not going to be quite what they were this year. I, I, no. I mean, who? So who knows what what that's really going to look like? Now, now OSU did get the last is getting the last bedlam at home, right? No, it's in Norman. How y'all just played in Norman? Oh no, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're they're right. they're getting the last the last one. Yeah, yeah. I I, that's what I thought. I was I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, but uh, I mean, I I, I, I think that I, I I like I like OU schedule. I think that it sets up for them to have a pretty successful season if they can finish games. Like like you touched on not having to play the Kansas State is kind oh, of it, a yeah no, it's a total win it, for Oklahoma to me. Missing Kansas State, Baylor, and even Tech, I think to an extent. Because I do think Tech's going to potentially be a, a sneaky contender this year. Like obviously, well, and, and they maybe not they always the get up to but, play OU, right? And and so I think I think that they may have a solid team. I, you're going to find out a whole lot about Tech. I didn't realize they have Oregon in the non-conference uh, week two. Yeah. It's pretty some pretty good non-conference games across the board for the Big Twelve. You know, TCU they go they got Colorado coming to town. Uh, West Virginia's going to Penn State. And then they have Pitt at home. Obviously, you guys, you know, go to Tuscaloosa. Um, somebody Baylor plays Utah. Um, Iowa State obviously plays Iowa. That's every year. Kansas State, Missouri. Uh, that that's a pretty big game. Obviously, former former conference uh, rivals. But yeah, I mean, you you look across the board here. We talked about our friend group. I do think that OSU has a very oh. favorable schedule. They get all four new kids. They, yeah, they get all four of the new guys. They don't. They are the, they're the welcoming wagon. I don't want OSU fans to come at me. I know that you know they don't. They're not scared of Texas. That's not what I'm saying. But I think everybody kind of expects Texas to be pretty good this year. Like they're they're going to get picked to win the conference. I mean, I know they have before, but this is kind of a make or break year for your Longhorns. Like it, it, everything's coming together. Uh, yeah. So the they, Kool-Aid, they, the Kool-Aid is getting poured in pretty thick right now. It's right. almost a syrup right now. So, I mean, right. it's, it's, it's scary hours lot, in Texas, of, you know, a lot of sugar getting added to all. Yeah. You know, Quinn just shaved off the mullet. I've got a nine year old in there with a Quinn jersey is, and a, and a mullet down to about his shoulders. Heart, is he heartbroken? Is he heartbroken? Dana, Dana told him whenever we got home and he, or whenever I sent her the tweet about it, he just said, I'm going to need a minute to go process this. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, you're nine, dude. When, yeah, when does a 20-year-old's right. haircut matter? I, I'm just glad. I, I Yeah, obviously not, not going to touch on that a ton, but your, your boy Quinn, he, he finally looks like a grown man with a, an actual haircut. Um, he doesn't look homeless. He doesn't look yeah. like Forrest Gump running across like the a, country anymore. Like a walking mop. 
rolling around campus. A, but, a you know, dirty mop at that. Yeah, right. Um, I don't, I mean, BYU, they got a tough schedule, man. They, oh, they got hosed. They, got, they have to go to Arkansas in the non-conference. And then they go to Kansas, they go to TCU, they go to Texas, they go to West Virginia, and then their last game of the year, they do get to host Oklahoma, but like it's, you know, it's OU, so it's just like, uh, they they do get Tech at home, they get Iowa State at home, they get Cincinnati at home, but that, that's a, uh, that's a tough, tough schedule. schedule. Same kind of for uh, UCF, like kind of, kind of a welcome to it, Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma, Tech, and OSU. And Cincinnati. So, I mean, the Big 12 is uh, – it's going to get weird, man. Like, it, It's it, going to get crazy. It's so weird to think about. Like, if I would have saw – saw if I would have seen this Oklahoma schedule like 10 years ago, I would have been like, okay, so I guess OU joined the whack. Like, what what is going <laughs> on here? Like, I see Oklahoma uh, – I see Texas and OSU, and then it's like, Cincinnati's a conference game? Uh, UCF's a conference game? BYU? West Virginia? I mean, because they're not even – they still haven't even been in the Big 12 that long. I mean, you got Kansas, you got OSU, Iowa State, but then it's like, what, what Tulsa, Cincinnati? What, what, What's going on here? Um, SMU? Yeah, SMU. Like, what – what are, what are we doing here? But this is it, it goes back to that. <laughs> we're going we're going twelve and oh. <laughs> well, I'm not no, I'm not saying it's like ten, a super ten, easy ten, schedule. Ten, ten years ago. Right. It's like you would have uh, you'd have been you'd have looked like that little kid gif where he's like ah! Yeah, who who are these uh what who is making this schedule? What what exactly happened in college football? What did I miss? Um But I can't say you know, nothing. Ten years ago that ghost of Taysom Hill still haunts. Texas right. fans. Yeah. Well, you know, OU has their – they have their skeletons with BYU as well. Um, but, you know, talk about your Longhorns. I I do kind of like y'all's schedule, the way it rolls out. Like you said, not not having to leave the state, uh, but twice. Uh, obviously, that tough week two game with, with Bama, that's, that's going to be – kind of set the tone, I think, for you guys, you know, this year. But, you know, then you, you do go to Baylor – Obviously, Red River. You go to Houston, but that's basically going to be a home game. TCU, yeah, obviously the, not the. There's going to be more to orange than red. But you know BYU and Kansas State back to back. I I don't know I don't know how good uh, BYU is really going to be. But you know I think Kansas State has a chance to be pretty solid again. They obviously lose Deuce Vaughn, but I I do think that they're they're going to be pretty decent with um they get the howard kid back correct yep so you know we'll see how it goes uh, other than that i mean do you, do you really have any of these other teams that you really want to dive into i mean like i said osu's got a pretty easy schedule i think that uh i think that there's some real winnable games i know the narrative for osu next year is pretty doom and gloom but it's not like they have a super tough schedule. Like like we talked about four of their what is it, nine conference games are gonna be uh the new kids on the block who OSU for all intensive purposes 
going to be better than. You still right. get OU, but I just, I just feel like OSU has a good chance to kind of set the tone for, hey, we can still compete in the Big 12 even with the new guys. Right. And it, and it's a very it's a very thin line though because if OSU's as bad as what everybody thinks they're going to be it's going to uh it's going to be a real rough roller coaster. If you go out and you lose to two or three of the new kids, Gundy's Gundy's seat's going to get hot. And right. that and that's kind of the last thing you want kind of starting a new conference, like building into a new conference is having to start over with a coach, especially after getting rid of one who had the success that Gundy's had at OSU. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't guess I really have, you know, none of the, none of the new teams really, none of them, I don't feel like really got any favors done. I mean, Houston's schedule is not terrible. Obviously, they they do have you guys, Texas and Baylor. They they do have a tough stretch with Texas, Kansas State, Baylor. Um, that that'll that'll be. I don't think Houston's going to be real good, but um, all the the other the other three newbies. I mean, BYU's schedule is tough. Um, Cincinnati's Cincinnati's is really not bad. They get both Oklahoma schools, Baylor. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's fairly favorable. They know they do have the non-con with Pitt, um, so that'll that'll be a big game for them. But you know, I I don't know at all. I I don't have a whole lot more. You know, I, I don't feel like either of our teams really just got totally hosed. I, I don't like the final two weeks for Oklahoma, the the BYU trip, and then them turning around on a Friday and playing TCU. I've heard a lot of people talk about that that game may potentially get changed to a Saturday, but it, with it being the day after Thanksgiving, you know how they typically nowadays they play college games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday that weekend of Thanksgiving. Um, so. I, I think I think you can get that move. I think they'll get that move to a Saturday because obviously Texas and Texas Tech are going to be playing that Friday. Texas always plays either Thanksgiving or the day after. We never play a Saturday. Right. Game on Thanksgiving weekend. I cannot wait to go to the SEC and beat up little brother on Thanksgiving night again. <laughs> yeah, because they they do actually have that. Yeah, y'all marked for uh, that game as well. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, adult. I mean that that was the much awaited schedule. Um, I, I I like I said I, I feel pretty good about it. You know we'll we'll see how it goes. Felt pretty good last year. Didn't go well. We're not going to talk about it. But, you know, I guess moving on, the kind of the last thing we're, we're going to kind of dive into here, we had our National Signing Day. So we have the official, I will go over here, the official final 2023 per 247 top 10 classes. Coming in at number one, massive surprise, Drum roll, please. Alabama, followed by Georgia at two, <laughs> Texas at three, Oklahoma at four, Ohio State at five, LSU at six, Miami at seven, Oregon at eight, Tennessee at nine, and Notre Dame at ten. Um, other notables, you know, Clemson's right there at eleven. USC jumped into the top twelve, right there at twelve. A&M down at fifteen. You know, South Carolina. 
kind of make a jump up to 16 in the country. A lot of Shane Beamer doing a lot of good things uh, there in uh, Columbia. He, he picked up two really big commits this uh, this last week week that really kind of pushed South Carolina into this. That's that's a kind that's of, a good sign for them. Kind of shocking, Michigan down at 18, and then you got you know TCU there at 20. That's a pretty good spot for them, and then. Matt Rule, Nebraska, top 25 class, number 24. Don't count them out yet, Dalt. Oh, goodness. Uh, but That's you what know, they said about Scott Frost, too. As far as the signing day, I don't think either of us really had. I know, I think OU signed, like, one guy, maybe. And I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you who it was. Um, obviously, nowadays, most of these teams, they have their uh, early signing day is basically signing day now. And it's pretty much the class is done by that by that date. But you know, first thing you notice here, Dalt. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six current slash future SEC teams in the top ten, with the top four being current slash future SEC teams in Bama, Georgia, Texas, and OU. LSU obviously right there behind them at six. These these are the things we were talking about. This is why they're going to the SEC. Is you yep. know th- that they're right there with like it. That's that's what it's all about. Um, so you know, touch on your class, Dalt. You know, four five stars, fourteen four stars. Maybe one of the better Texas classes. You know, I know you guys have had good ones, but you know, y'all are. Y'all nipped at the heels of Georgia and Bama pretty close. Um, you know, Bama, obviously, nine five stars. Nine five stars. That's uh, unreal. 18 four stars. That's that's pretty unbelievable. The one three star that they have on the signing class is their kicker. Right. Who I uh, believe is the number one kicker in the country. <laughs> but, you know, what 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 do you like most about your, your class for Texas? I mean, I, I mean obviously – Everybody wants to talk about, and really mainly OU fans want to talk about, the head of the class being Arch Manning. You know, that that was a big get. You know, he was the only quarterback Sark offered. He literally went Arch Manning or bust. And I'm not going to say that Arch Manning's the second coming of his uncles or whatever, but I think that's a good get because you get the number one quarterback in the class and he's going to basically recruit this class himself. You get skill positions. You get the number one quarterback, um, the number two linebacker, the number one running back, the number three wide receiver, the number four corner. I mean, it's it's a great class. What it's kind of missing is the great offensive lineman that what they got last year, which you're not going to sign all the linemen they did last year and just hit a home run with the lineman. You're going to go for what you need. And, you know, no, but there's only one lineman they signed that's under 300 pounds. So Coach Flood has a has a guy that he likes. He likes tall, 300-pound lineman. Preparing for and that And uh, the one guy they signed isn't far off. But I think the biggest deal is Texas has always missed on linebackers and defensive ends. Haven't had an elite one since, you know, Sergio Kendall or Arakbo back in the 
Jeffco, oh, pretty good. Yeah, O thousand, like the O thousands early. So I mean, getting guys like um, well, Anthony mean, Hill. The the biggest thing for Texas is definitely development, and I think you would agree with yep. that. You guys have got hundred guys, you know, the quote unquote guys. Um, it just that that hasn't panned out for a lot of them. Because, um, like I said, I mean, you guys have had top five, top ten classes year in year out. You've you've had the guys. It's just the the development has not quite been there. Um, so you know you, you, but it never hurts. You have like you said the the Hill kid, obviously Arch Manning, uh, the Baxter kid at running back, Cook wide receiver. I mean, you got a top, you got the number one, like you said, number one running back, number one quarterback, and then the number three wide receiver, like that never sucks. Um, no. So obviously, yeah, and, great, great class for, for your horns and, and Sarkeesian down. The and f- fingers crossed, like fingers crossed, the class isn't done. There's yeah, one guy out there left that we got to go get, which we're yeah. probably not going to get. And it's the number one tight end in the country. Deuce Robinson wants oh, to yeah. come to wants to go to a school where he can be a two way if he doesn't go high enough in the MLB draft this summer. Heck of an athlete. To, oh, an outstanding athlete from Pinnacle. You know, you think all the guys that have been at Pinnacle there in uh, Arizona. But I mean he's he's the one guy left. That's it. That's that's literally the end of the class. Everybody else is either signed or enrolled. They just flipped the four star safety from TCU. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, it's it's a great class, and you know we we obviously have a lot more insight on our respective teams, um, and I guess to kind of roll into to OU's class right there behind Texas uh, for obviously this class is headlined by the Arnold kid, the quarterback. Um, really good, looks like a really good player, really promising. Uh, not not going to have to play right away with Gabriel coming back, but, you know, the best quarterback in the state of Texas, obviously got to be a pretty good player. Um, everything that I've seen looks like he has all the tools to basically be the future for us at Oklahoma. You know, you talk about guys that – or what what's kind of missing to me in this class, and it's no, no slight against who they signed. You don't really have any, like, a big-time wide receiver – in this class, um, and OU's kind of, I think they're already a little thin at wide receiver with, you know, Marvin Mims announcing he's going to the NFL. So, I mean, they have the Petaway kid who, you know, he's kind of a, a smaller guy, kind of a burner. Six, so uh, he can fly. They, they had the kid. I can't think of his name. He flipped from Georgia to Oklahoma and now he flipped back, uh, Anthony Evans. Yeah. Uh, they had him. He he was, I think, their highest-rated wide receiver recruit uh, commitment. But you know, I I like this class. It, it's honestly a lot heavier on defense, which is not super surprising. But you know, the the Atabare kid, five-star, looks like, I mean, one of the best edge rushers in the country, and he shot up the rankings. Kind of came out of nowhere, out of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, they obviously the the Peyton Bowen saga or saga obviously ends up in <laughs> Oklahoma's favor. That was quite the uh, recruitment, but yeah, like, like you know, to touch on what's kind of missing from this class, I would say it's kind of the wide receiver position. I mean, they they got you know 
couple good offensive linemen. They've got tons of of defensive guys, cornerback. Like they have a ton of defensive backs in this class. It seems like like they have like six or seven, I think, defensive backs in this class. Uh, yeah, but I, I I really like this class. I think it's a class that the future definitely will be built on. Um, it's the kind of class that it's it's awfully ironic, Dalt, that you know not to to beat a dead horse, but Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma, heads to USC because allegedly, and these were his words, he couldn't recruit the talent that he needed at Oklahoma. And it's like Brent Venables comes in here, has a terrible year one, and signs literally the best class in school history. And signs two five-star defensive players, which is not something Lincoln Riley ever even thought about doing. And again, I'm not trying to trash Lincoln Riley by any means. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic, but I, I really, as a fan, I, I really like this class. I think that it's, uh, it's got, definitely got some potential. But now, like, like I said, for you at Texas, you have to have the, the development. Obviously, these, none of these guys come in day one and are just ready to roll. And I, I think pretty much everybody can say that. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest thing with our respective classes is, the amount of early enrollees, like I'm just looking through here right. through OU's, you've got your top, you got a lot of your top guys are on campus yeah. already. And the biggest deal is the linemen to me, getting your offensive linemen mm-hmm. on campus early is always a big help because they can get into that strength and conditioning program and really come along more than a guy that is at home, you know, kind of probably not eating right. You get a quarter, you get your quarterback in early. Texas also, Arch Manning's already on campus. But, I mean, we talk about freshmen coming in and playing and guys that are thrust in, you usually don't see offensive linemen that often. But guys like Peyton Bowen, probably going to be asked to play. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the the edge, probably going to be asked to play for OU. Yeah. Um, Maybe the hardest name of all time to pronounce. I, I wasn't even going to try it. <laughs> I wouldn't even well, want to try it. Like you, the only reason I know the last name is because I've heard it so much. But it's it's just Adabare, basically, and he goes by PJ, I guess. So nobody even attempts the first name because I, I don't even. He goes by PJ, I guess. So, yeah. Like as an OU fan, the way you what you mentioned was you hate that you're it's a little thin at wide receiver. You hate that you can't get Petaway in and the Keon Brown in in the early enrolling process but i mean you got a, you have a great class there in norman and uh, you hats off to what brent venerables did in the recruiting aspect when everybody kind of was telling ou all year they're a dead program oh yeah yeah i mean what to me I still am going to have to see the product on the field for Brent because you know me as well as anybody. I wasn't off the rip 100% sold on him being the guy, and I haven't beat that drum. Now, again, I, I think that he can be, but obviously things have to get better. But for him to have the year he did and to then follow that up with this class, it's obviously it's obviously massive for the future. Oh, 100%. So, 
and he's recruiting guys that he knows he's going to have to have in the SEC. And that was why know, Texas went and got Sark. Right. And, you know, OU, they they got in the top ten of the transfer portal this year too. So, obviously, Brent feels like he's bringing in his guys. But, you know, we, we obviously have a, quite a bit of knowledge of our two teams. We're not going to dive into these these other schools, Dalt, really. Um, it, we just really wanted to touch on them basically being – that we what was national signing day was it last week or yeah, was it last yeah. wednesday last wednesday and so i mean really dull that as far as uh any other news i i, I don't i don't really have a whole lot more i mean it, it's just kind of that time of year man we don't we don't have a ton of uh content to bring we're we're kind of on a every two week stretch right now, uh, doing the best we can. It's it's been a lot harder to get together too. Um, but I mean, yeah, you got the, uh, else? we're uh, I'm sure Tim was going to mention it, but we're in the process, everybody, of going to a, a video for our podcast as well. And you know, we're going to try to get it onto YouTube and some other platforms. Um, just we're trying to get more interaction with you guys we're we want to get this product out we feel like we put out a good product and we're excited for kind of the way we're going in getting that product to you so just uh bear with us we're we're about to hit a little bit of a spot where we're going to be trying some things yeah should should uh definitely going to try some things now with it being the off season uh you know kind of get the uh kinks worked out best we can before we really get into the 2023 season but you know with that doll if if you guys if you enjoy the show you know rate us five stars write us a good review podcast as usual is available on anchor spotify itunes iheart and stitcher you can also find us on facebook and twitter just by searching the cover two podcast dalt is on twitter as the oaky longhorn i'm on twitter as him smithson um like Dalt said, you know, interact with us, guys. Uh, we enjoy it. We, we're we very, like I say this every episode, we're very active on Twitter. We enjoy, you know, a little bit of trash talk. We we don't shy away from it, obviously. Um, no, but, we do not. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep bringing some content best we can. And, you know, Dalt, I guess, if, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, man, I guess we're out. Hey, don't forget to cover the flats. Thank you.